Welcome to the Way Church Podcast. The Way Church exists to love God, love others, and make disciples. You can find out more about the Way Church at thewaychurchrva.com. Now we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. All right, we're continuing our series, Summer in the Psalms. And so today we're going to be in Psalm 33, as you heard Frank read. And so if you're not there already, go and invite you to turn your Bibles to Psalm 33. And we'll be in verses 1 through 4. And so if you're taking notes, you can title this sermon, Reason to Praise. Reason to Praise. And what I want, start with a question. I want, would love for this question just to resound in your minds as we have this time together. And my prayer is that we leave with this question to apply it to our lives not only today, but as we go. The question is, what, if we, what would it look like if we went throughout our days looking for reasons to praise? What would it look like if we went throughout each of our days looking for reasons to praise? And that praise isn't a, a word that we throw around a lot. We sing it sometimes, but it's kind of a, a churchy word. And so if you haven't been around church For very long, that may be a unique word to you. So biblically, what praise means is to give thanks, honor, commend, even confess. And so what praise is, praise is a response to God, or a response about God to God, and praise is a report about God to others. Both and. Response to God and report about God to others. This is what praise is, and we're created and really called to be people of praise. Now, with that said, if we're honest enough, I know this is church, right? No place for honesty, I get that. But who would be honest enough to admit that there's seasons in your life where you don't always feel like praising? I'm not raising my hand for illustration, right? Like there's seasons and moments that I'm not feeling like praising, but does that drive if we should or shouldn't? Psalm 150 verse 6 says, Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. My prayers this morning as we walk away, seeing that we always have a reason to be praising despite what you may be feeling. That's my prayer as we walk away this morning, that the Lord leads us into seeing this reality. And this is what we see in Psalm 33, verses 1 through 4. We're going to see four reasons to praise. Four reasons to praise. And let's look at, real quick again, verses 1 through 3 together in Psalm 33. Again, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous ones. Praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with a lyre, make music to him with a ten-stringed harp, sing a new song to him, play skillfully on the strings with a joyful shout. And so as we see here, praise is definitely singing. This is the thrust of Psalm 33 that we've just seen, singing and making music of praises. We see instruments, we see singing, and then my favorite part of this whole thing, joyful shouting. What this does this eliminates any excuse that you may have from singing. Anyone can joyfully shout, right? This is why I sit in the front row, because I don't want to mess you all up with my joyfully shouting, because I can't sing for anything, which is a really tragedy, because I love music, I can't play it, I can't sing it, here I am. So, I love Psalm 33. Psalm 95, Psalm 100 say the same thing about this joyful shouting. It's a heart posture of voicing, singing, praises 
to God. So praise is definitely singing, but praise is also definitely more than singing. Psalm 34, verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Praise will always be on my lips. Psalm 78, verse 8, my mouth is full of praise and honor to you all day long. The Bible points to this perpetual heart posture of praise throughout your days. Meaning, in any and every season, you will always have a reason to praise. So let's look at reason number one to praise. Reason to praise number one. We see here in verse one, rejoice in the Lord. That's where it starts. Because of who God is, we have a reason to praise. Psalm 117, verses 1 through 2. I just want us to look at this real quick. We'll show it on the screen. Psalm 117, 1 through 2, says this. Praise the Lord, all nations. Glorify Him, all peoples. And it says this. For His faithful love to us is great. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. And this has this word, hallelujah. Right? We just sung to sing hallelujah, right? We just sung that. Literally means praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so what we see here, we see two things. We see his faithful love. And throughout the Bible, God's portrayed as a good father. And so I'm thinking about my own experiences as a okay father sometimes, right? And how a father's love for his kids, like my love for my kids, is unearned unending, and unchanging. I think about my kids, at the moment they were born, I loved them forever. They didn't do anything besides looking like angry little rage monsters when they came out, right? Right? Red, screaming, hairy. My kids were hairy, right? And it doesn't change when they get teenagers. Still rage monsters, right? That's a... And when you're 33, I don't know. So, but they didn't do anything to earn my love. At the moment they were born, I loved them unconditionally. This is what points to God's love is forever, forever faithful love. And it says forever faithful. It means his faithfulness is fixed and will not fail. In other words, it's unchanging. Malachi 3, verse 6, God says, Because I, the Lord, have not changed. Hebrews 13, verse 8, talks about Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this is good news. I'm thankful that his forever faithfulness is unchanging. In other words, God doesn't have mood swings like my wife, who has, who has to deal with my mood swings. What do you think I was talking about? This week's got a new sleeper sofa. I'm not trying to test it out. My mood swings. God's not like us. And so sometimes we see us and ourselves and we think God might resemble that a little bit. No, he's perfect and forever faithful and unchanging. This is the good news about who God is. And so reason number one to praise, the Lord. And to be quite frankly, we could stop there, but you've came all this way. Might as well dig in this a little bit further. Reason number two, reason to praise, it pleases God. That's what we see again in verse 1. Praise from the upright is beautiful. The beautiful meaning lovely or fitting. 
The Duke of Wellington, who defeated Napoleon in 1815, later became the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, was known to be both brilliant and very demanding. And he wasn't one to shower his subordinates with compliments. And so at the later stages of his life, a young lady asked him, what would you do differently if you had your life to live over again? And it says, after he thought for a moment, he replied, I'd give more praise. I'd give more praise. And it got me thinking, if the duke sought fitting to give more praise to his subordinates, how much more fitting should we see it to give praise to God continually? And it's interesting, as I was thinking about this, as I start praising God more for who He is, what He's done, what He's doing, He's forever faithful, how much more I come aware of how much more I want to praise those people around me, and really my lack of it. Because of who God is, it is fitting to praise Him. And because of what praise is, it is pleasing to praise Him. Psalm 147, verse 1 it says, hallelujah, this will be throughout this sermon this morning, hallelujah, how good it is to sing to our God, to praise for His praise, for this praise is pleasant and lovely. So again, reason to praise number two, it simply pleases God. And God is worthy of our praise because of His words and His works are trustworthy, leading Him to be completely praiseworthy, which leads us to verse number 4. Psalm 33, verse 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all His work is trustworthy. So number 3, reason to praise number 3, God's word is right. God's word's right. So if God's word is right, it means whatever contradicts God's word is wrong. And take that step further, meaning the little you stray from what is right is the more you stray into what is wrong. In March of 1979, nearly 300 people boarded this Air New Zealand luxury Antarctica sightseeing flight. And this flight would end in disaster as it would crash into Mount Erebus, killing everyone on board. Reportedly, the investigation would determine that the crew had not been informed of a two-degree change in the flight plan the night prior. That two degrees ended in disaster. Pilots now have a rule of thumb called the one in 60 rule. Meaning one degree over 60 miles will result in one mile off course. One degree over 60 miles will result in one mile off course. Now you multiply that and you become more and more off course. And this relates directly to how God has given us his word to know and to follow because it is right. I mean, there's no wrong in God's word. Psalm 119 105 reminds us that God's word is a lamp for our feet and a light on my path, meaning it's right and it guides us 
to where we're to follow. So again, reason number three to praise, God's word is right. Lead us finally into number four, reason to praise, God's work is trustworthy. This is huge. God's work is trustworthy. Even when life brings worry, God's works are still trustworthy. Don't miss that. Even when life brings worthy, God's works are still trustworthy. And Jesus' disciples experienced this. They experienced even when God's ways felt wrong, he still showed himself to be trustworthy. There's this moment in Matthew chapter 16 when Jesus starts pointing out to his disciples that he would have to be handed over to suffer and to be crucified, but he would rise on the third day. And here in this, Peter, who spoke first and foremost, right? He said, oh, no, Lord, this will never happen to you. It says he rebukes Jesus. In other words, he says, Jesus Christ, get over here, right? This will never happen to you. And Jesus turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. That's harsh. But he didn't stop there. He says, you're not thinking about God's concerns, but human concerns. And when God's ways felt wrong, Peter stood up and said, this, is, this isn't right. And he had to be thinking, listen, listen we, we have left everything to follow you, and now you're going to be killed? What are you talking about? No, you're the one that's supposed to deliver us from the persecution and the oppression and finally free us from the society and governmental pushdown that we're experiencing. No, you can't die. That makes no sense. He says, you're not thinking about God's concerns. You're thinking about your own. Who's been there? Yeah, man. After Jesus was crucified in the day following, his disciples hid behind locked doors because they were fearful of the Jews. What they did to Jesus, now they might come for them. But their fearfulness wouldn't stay fearfulness. Their fearfulness would change to fearlessness. Why? Because they saw the resurrected Jesus. All of a sudden, all made sense. You know what? God was right after all. God knew what he was doing. And now they had nothing to fear. And the same Peter in Acts chapter 2 would stand up in a group of many people, mostly Jews, and say, though he, being Jesus, he said this to everyone, was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge. That you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and to kill him. He's saying, even though you evil people killed him, this was still according to God's plan and purpose that it wasn't a surprise to him. Because his works are trustworthy, even when they don't make sense to you. And the crowd, when they heard this, they said, what must we do? Great question. Peter simply responded, Repent and be baptized. Repent and believe two truths of the same coin, two sides of the same coin, and then following, be baptized. He says, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Notice he didn't say, repent, go do some, some good things first, go clean yourself up, stop doing, stop being an idiot, right? Don't do dumb things. And then after you got life figured out and cleaned up, then come to Jesus. He didn't say that. Repent, repent and believe and be baptized. And you will receive the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the Holy Spirit. Meaning made new, God dwelling inside of you, your new creation. The old you have passed away, behold, new things have come. Born again. Will. This is a reminder as we see God's work that doesn't always make sense to us. Whatever God allows you to go into, he will always see you through it. Whatever God allows you to go into, he'll always see you through. So no matter what you're experiencing or what you're going to experience, God's works are still trustworthy and being displayed, unfolded in your story, also known as your testimony. Like we think about testimony as that point when you came to faith, and yes, amen, but it doesn't stop there. God continues to unfold the testimony of His glory in your story. Our men gathered this past week for our monthly men's gathering and having this study, and he made the point during the study of the test of the testimony. Like, we go through some things. I don't know if you've been told that if you come to Jesus, everything will be great, and you'll have everything you wanted. Happy, healthy, wealthy, well. That's a lie, and it's not biblical. But things will be better because you have Jesus. And that is enough. Going back to reason number one to praise the Lord. Because of who He is, everything changes. Because of your view of everything changes. When you understand God's over everything, even the awful things, everything changes. You still have a reason to praise. Romans 8, 28. For we know that all things, that's a lot of stuff, work. God's works. Work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. Man, if you don't have a life verse, that might be a good one. Because you're going to go through some all things. And when you go through some all things, you don't want to always have a reason to praise through the all things. But the Bible says he's still working it out. And he's still trustworthy because his works are trustworthy. The Lord is worthy of all of our praise because of his word and his works are completely and perfectly praiseworthy. Which gets to the point that in any, in every season we still have a reason to praise. It doesn't matter what you're going through. There's still a reason to praise. It may be awful, but you still have a reason to praise and is rooted in who God is. Hebrews chapter 13 pointed to Jesus being the sacrifice. Verse 5 says, Therefore, through Him being Jesus, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that confess his name. And when I was thinking about this, any and every season, I remember the accounts of Paul and Silas in Acts 16 when Paul and Silas were traveling through Philippi. And they were arrested. And they were thrown, it says, into the inner prison. Shackled. But then it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas 
were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. It's amazing. How could they be praying and singing praises to God? They just got rested for following Jesus, essentially. And they were still praising. Why? Because they still had a reason to praise. That's not rooted in their circumstances or what's happening. It's rooted in Jesus was the reason to praise. He is enough. And as they were praising, the place started shaking. The earthquake happened and flung open the doors. And seeing that the doors had flung open, the Philippian jailer assumed that the doors were open and the jailer's gone. I'm going to take my life because that's what's going to be demanded for me anyway. So I'm going to kill myself. And when they saw that, Paul shouted out, stop. Don't do it. He said, we're all here. And the Philippian jailer takes him aside and asks the most important question that everyone needs to ask and that everyone will essentially answer at one point in your life, or at least after your life potentially. He asks this to him. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be forgiven of my sin and to have a right relationship with the God of the universe? What must I do to be saved? And he simply said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And it says they spoke the word of the Lord to him along with his, everyone in his house. And it says this, right away, he, being a Philippian jailer, and all his family were baptized. And you see this over and over again. Believe in Jesus. That's it. That's it. Do you believe in him or not? Meaning, do you believe that he paid the price for your sin and that's the only way, Jesus is the only way to have a right relationship with the Lord? His payment was enough. When he said it is finished on the cross, means paid in full, do you believe that? Your sins were paid in full, and the moment you believe, payment accepted and applied to your account. Do you believe that? Because that changes everything. It changed everything now and for eternity. And then from that, my question for you is as you're following Jesus, have you been baptized? For some reason, we have overlooked this biblical mandate from our Lord. Baptism. It's just a result of our praising to God. It's a visible demonstration of our worship for what He did in us. Those waters do nothing for you, but they tell a whole lot about you. The point we see here is that we always have a reason to praise. In any and every season, you have a reason to praise. All of our days were meant to be filled with praise. And this is the aim, I believe, of Psalm 150. All six verses, don't get nervous, I'm going to read the whole thing. But listen to Psalm 150. It starts off with, hallelujah. Remember, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty expanse. Praise Him for His powerful acts. Praise Him for His abundant greatness. Praise Him with the blast of a ram's horn. Praise Him with the harp and the lyre. Praise Him with the tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and flute. Praise Him with the resounding cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All of our days were meant to fill 
with praise. Man, I would add to this instrument list the triangle. I could do one of those, right? Cowbell, thank you. I'm going there. Praising God because He is worthy of it, and that's it. This Psalm 150 begins and ends and is saturated with praise, as should be all of our days. Always have a reason to praise. And what we see is this lifestyle of worship, this lifestyle of praising God. Praising God as worship, not only at worship like we are right now. It doesn't stop here. Praising God while at work. Consider that. Monday morning's coming. Praising God as you do schoolwork. School started for many. Praising God at Walmart. At Wawa. Wong's Tacos. Fair place. Let's praise God from here in the West End to the ends of the earth. This is what praise is. It fills our days. It is an outflow of who God is. So no matter what we go through, you always have a reason to praise. And so let me end with this and start where we begin. As we prepare to leave worship and to live our life, our response of worship for worship, praising God as we go, what would it look like if we went through the rest of Sunday into Monday morning looking for reasons to praise? What would that look like? You always have a reason to praise. Always. And let me tell you this. I don't know if I should tell you a story that's always dangerous. I'm going to tell you. Because Weatherspoons were an open book, man. I'll tell you what. Anyone have kids? Any kids? All right. Any of your kids ever, all right, it's going to be, just bear with me. Any of your kids ever, little guys hopefully, poop, right? I know they did that. But then decided to cuddle the walls with it. Anybody do that? Everybody ever had that happen? Be honest. Come on, man. I know. We're like, okay, I got a couple of hands. They're like this. Like, it doesn't mean you're a bad parent. They're kids, all right? Now, if they're 14 and still doing that, let's talk. Literally, this morning on the way here, I had to leave the house as my wife was cleaning up artwork on my small guy's wall. Small, right? My two year old. Yes. And so as I was leaving, I couldn't help because I was already a little bit behind schedule. You know what I didn't say? I didn't say, honey, there's still a reason to praise, right? <laughs> I didn't say that because I've been married long enough to know. Would not have been a good, is it true? It's true. But in those moments when you're cleaning up the mess, it may be someone else's mess that you're stuck with, you still have a reason to praise. That's what I want to close with. I want this resound in our minds this morning as we launch into the rest of the Sunday. We have a reason to praise, and it starts with the Lord, it ends with the Lord. Our life should be saturated in this spirit and activity of praise. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to do something a little bit different today. Don't get nervous. A little bit different. I'm going to invite Luke back up. And Luke's going to lead us into a, a new song, just a portion of a new song. And as we respond, I want just this to be a heart of praise because we always have a reason to praise. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you've come in here dealing with, what's weighing on you, we still have a reason to praise. I'm going to invite you to respond. And that response may be the first time you finally see 
That man, I knew a lot of facts about Jesus, but now I want to transfer my facts to my faith in Jesus. I'm tired of living for myself. I'm a crummy God. I'm messing things up. I need Jesus. And that's the prayer that Jesus honors and responds to. Those that humble themselves, say, I've sinned and I fall short. My way stinks. I need you. I need forgiveness of sin. I come to you in my filthiness, my filthy rags, and put them at your feet because I know you are good. And because of your righteousness, I'm declared righteous because of your goodness and your faithfulness, your graciousness, and your mercy. And my faith of you alone changes everything. If that's you, I invite you to pray that just in the quietness of your heart. And we'll have a prayer team to your side that would love to pray, pray with you, pray for you, walk alongside with you. Listen, if you haven't been baptized since faith, and the Bible continues to show faith precedes baptism. Baptism follows faith. If you haven't been baptized as a follower of Jesus, that is your next step. Let your lifestyle just be resounding in praise and let that be an aspect of it. I don't know what you're going through, but we'd love to pray with you, pray for you. Man, as we respond, your response may be singing, standing, praising. It could be sitting and praying and praising. Whatever God's leading you to do in this moment, just respond to what He's doing. Be sensitive to His leading, guiding, and respond to the Holy Spirit this morning. And let God just wash His presence over you and refresh your hearts and your spirits as we respond in praise because He is worthy of it. So I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to invite us just to respond. Let's just praise God because of who He is as Luke leads us into this new song of praise to Him. I invite you to pray with me this morning. Father, we thank You for bringing us here. We thank You for Your Word, and we thank You for the reminder that no matter what we have gone through, going into, enduring at the moment, we have a reason to praise that is rooted in who You are in your faithful love, in your forever faithfulness, in your unchangingness, that you remain constant and steady, our rock of our salvation, and that you're always present with us. And as we're going through these things, you're there with us. And your promises and your word says you'll never leave us or forsake us. And that you're with us always, even until the end of the age. And so, Lord, let us stand in the promise of your presence at this moment. Let your Spirit, just wash over us, refresh us, renew us, revive our tired and weary souls and minds, and help us to fix our faith back on you, because you're worthy of it. You're worthy of all of our lives, Lord. So right now, I just pray that our praise is resounding and pleasing to your ears. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for who you are. Lord, lead us as we want to follow you well. And we pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Way Church Podcast. If you would like prayer or if you'd like to talk to someone about a personal relationship with Jesus, please contact us through our website at thewaychurchrva.com.